Welcome to this week's episode of Beers with Engineers, a podcast by engineering dads where if it looks stupid but it works, then it's not stupid. This episode, the boys are joined by our first guest to the podcast, our mate Barton. We are talking about technology and sport and how it has revolutionized the game for the players and the supporters. To see more engineering dads content like this, head to our YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, and I'll link above to see our other projects. Let's crack on. Welcome back to the podcast, boys. Well, first things first, crack open your beers. Yep, absolutely. And I'm very excited to introduce a special guest to our show, Mitch. How are you doing, mate? Hey, James. Good, mate. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. <laughs> so, tell us a bit about yourself. Tell us what you like doing. What are your hobbies? Um, it can range between uh, gaming in the gaming world and uh, I like a bit of sport as well. I like watching and playing it. Okay, nice. So... What actually brings you to the podcast today? Is it the sport side of things, you'd say? Um, yeah, well, I know you guys like the technology part, and I've, I've got a bit of understanding about the sport part, so I thought, I thought we'd combine them a bit together and, and have a crack at that. Sounds like a perfect arranged marriage. Love this. This sounds great. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, just for a bit of context, me and Mitch have been mates for a very long time. We've played sport together side by side. I was actually very trashed while I watched Mitch dominate on the court, so... Hence why I'm here doing the nerdy stuff and he's still out there um, trying to become big in the NRL and, you know, make about a few million a year eventually. Isn't that right, Mitch? Yeah, that's the goal. What's your uh, position you preferred? Are you going to go wing or going to go like uh, a coach? <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. They've, got, they've both got their difficulties. Coach is probably more stressful than mm. playing. Playing is more physically, you know, physically uh, demanding. Yeah. Um. I'll say playing. I haven't tried coaching yet, but I want, I want to one day. Yeah, exactly. I, I can see you like a Craig Bellamy just screaming at players on the sideline. <laughs> <laughs> Giving you a Ricky Stewart kind of vibes, to be honest. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, this is an excellent topic because sporting technology is obviously becoming a massive thing these days, especially in the NRL. You know, we've seen speed tracking come in state of origin a few years ago. We've seen players like Xavier Coates hit 37.6 kilometers an hour. You've got Turbo has hit 34.9. Josh Adokar at 38 kilometers an hour. Latrell Mitchell at 33. It's crazy what we've seen just from speed coming in, but we actually have more technologies coming. You know, we've seen it advance so much in the soccer with goal line checking and virtual assistant referees. Um, what do you boys think we'll see in the next few years in footy? And like Mitch, I really want you to, as someone who's passionate about the game and someone who reads into the rules probably more than anyone I know, what's something you've seen, something you think would be a great addition to the game? Well, I've actually myself, as you know, I've done refing as well, so I've been on both sides of playing and refing, which has been good. And um, the m- one main thing that our uh, hierarchy um, of like managers and people who control the game, they want safety first, um, and obviously the money, but safety is their main priority. And um, I think they'll be looking to um, 
make the game a lot safer as they have each year at the start and everything. Um, I've seen a post today that they're going to test um, something technology in the mouth guards for HIAs. Um, they've been cracking down on that for the last few years. Um, so I'm not sure what the technology they put into it, but that's that's their plan. Apparently, they're going to start trying that out for next year because we know the um, the HIAs um, mm. proto protocols and stuff. So that's been their main concern for a few years, I think. Yeah, I think the the technology they'll probably use is some sort of accelerometer inside the mouth guard, so you could see when you'd have an impact. And this is what the same mm. thing they did on Wade Graham. So those things that the players wear the sports bars. And having a, a little sensor in the back, you see them when they take off their kit and give it to the fans. They have this little chip in the back, kind of on their spine, and that's what they use to measure the speed and whatnot. Again, an accelerometer, um, but it was also used to detect like the impact force of players. In back in Wade Graham in 2017, he was measured as hitting someone with about six or seven Gs, which is like a car crash. Um, I mean, that was when he was really hitting hard. Effectively, you get the exact same technology, but a bit small, and put in your mouth guard. So you detect when the head snaps back or something like that, and you'd be like, oh, sweet, that's a head concussion right there. Hits a certain threshold, take that player off. So you don't have that little daddle where you look at the footage, you just say, oh, there's a spike, get him off the field. And the thing is, it's extremely simple, but also smart technology. I mean, anyone with an understanding of physics would know when you're in any sort of car crash and you see the impact and the change in acceleration, you realize, well, this is why people get fucked up in mm. car crashes you'd be able to see this replicated in the footy field you go to a doctor's room and you'd be like i don't even have to assess you i can see the change in acceleration here was x it would so be kind of weird too because you can see like which nrl player choose the fastest as well like it's gonna be very specific and weird data it's like wow this dude going through his mouth got quick <laughs> yeah you grind your teeth too much fucking camera monster you know you <laughs> get off it on the weekend all right just behave <laughs> He's been a bit of a naughty boy in the press recently, hasn't he? Oh, poor man. <laughs> Cheeky belly. So safety is one aspect of it, and it's also a very important aspect, but it's also really important in terms of the rules, right? There's so many ways you can make offside calls, even knock-ons if you made smart balls like we've seen in the football, and even in Germany in 2014, how they have NFC chip that uses network. I mean, always have to use network. What From someone who's played the game and someone you know who's been on both ends of the rules, what would you say would be like the best thing to have as like a smart rule or ways we can make the rules hold le refs less accountable because they have a really hard job some refs are really fucking shit some are really good yeah. but hard um, to make good calls yeah I think I think it's all about the transparency transparency of the of the rules that are being called um, I know on the the bunker or the, the video ref um, they'll, they'll bring up a little a little thing of what of what the call was you know penalty or knock on or drop out or, or whatever I think we need more transparency. Transparency as um, someone who watches the game, um, I want I want to know what's going on, pretty much, and and why that call was made. And um, I I've seen I've seen in the VAR as as you've mentioned in the A League, they explained the whole thing. They explained what was going on, and and why they made this decision. And I think that's a that will be a big step up for rugby league, um, as I think soccer is a lot more um, advanced in te technology wise. Which yeah, it's also got a bigger support and money behind it too. Yeah, mm. yeah, mm. it's understandable. Yeah, um, mm. but I think a, a big a big one to start with would be the offside. I think you mentioned um, the just a line for offside. Um, Are you just gonna have a machine that screams? You've been doing it all day, ref, from the yeah, kickoff. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think that'd stop that. I think it. Um, yeah, I think it'd stop the the fans from 
from saying he was offside, he wasn't offside. I think it's just, just a, mm. it'll be a black and white where, whether they were or not, in my opinion. Exactly right. It's all objective now. Yeah. But you put up a good point about the soccer. It's a global sport. It's got a lot more money towards a, a much bigger fan base. So there's more reason to push these technologies. Paddy, you're a big and um, sorry AFL fan, and I don't know much about AFL. From your point of view, could this be something that's adopted in AFL? Or it probably can. I think it could be adopted to any type of sport. It just depends on uh like my concern would be if it would take like the technology that's been brought into the sport would take over the job of the the umpire or something because like I don't know about you guys, but what do you guys think would happen in like 20 30 years time like do you think that technology will become so advanced like the like the video referee will become so advanced that it will literally just do the job of the umpire on the field absolutely yeah i'm i'm terrified you can you can see that too you can imagine it too like in afl very very few times you call it what's the rule where you have to like bounce the ball every 15 steps right is that what's that's literally the rule yeah yeah right but it's not very often called in a game correct pads well players aren't stupid Mm. But well, if some, you could, some, sometimes they are. Sometimes but if are. you could have something which counts the number of steps every time they run, you could be like, oh, foul, foul, like all the time. Mm. And like this is why the Origin series is so good because they're always offside. They're always throwing like oh, dodgy yeah. passes because they get away with it. The refs are told, don't blow the whistle. I think you need to have like a combination of both, right? So if you refer it, go, you know what? I think that was a bit of a forward pass. You can check it. Whereas um, you wouldn't call it every single time. The game would just be stop and start all the time. You want something in between, a perfect hybrid. Yeah. And like yeah. a lot of people did fight the bunker because it was, oh, stop the game, got in the way. But I, honestly, it, does, it did actually like clear up the rules. You can't do this, you can do that. I, I, I kind of liked it, but you, it does need to have a bit of like on-field indiscretion as well. Mm. Some- yeah, but you don't, want it, you don't want it to be the point where it's just like the, the umpire is just there basically being like a security guard for to make sure that no players like punch there's no punch ons or anything mm. like that because they kind of the way things are going that's kind of the only reason they're there it's to make sure that the players are held accountable because you can't really have a computer hold them accountable when you know the te- the testosterone's like like a, a full peak you know you just they just want to punch somebody in the head they're basically <laughs> they, they got all the fucking steroids in them anyway so they might as well just have a punch on Sorry, this is a, this is a great segue to something I was going to say because Sean, you know how we always talk about how scary AI is and if mm. it was to become massive, how wrong things could go. And I think we can make our own podcast on this. But I was going to say, imagine like a game. You got a drone as a referee that's making all these calls based on all like the smarts around it, and there's a punch in the game. The drone doesn't know what to fucking do and it shits itself and just shoots all the players. It just goes. This is the only game. What the hell? This is the only thing I know. Like, the drone just goes, the only way I can teach myself to correct this is to just pulverize the players. So, I think <laughs> I think AI, AI in sports is a big no-no. Yeah, I don't think that, I think AI in drones for sports probably not going to fly. Well, sorry, excuse the pun. Oh, <laughs> um, but, like, could you imagine it, like, a 155-kilo man taking orders from a DJI drone that he could sneeze and blow away? Like, it's not going to happen. Just, They'd just nah, be like, imagine someone. Off. Imagine someone like Paul Gallon or Wendell Sailor. That's not fucking fair. That's not fucking fair. <laughs> yeah, so all you hear this, this drone. <laughs> buzzing. What's the? Uh, uh, do you guys know that movie Wally? Like that animated Pixar movie Wally. Obviously, what's, yeah. What's Classic. like the? Uh, there's like the person, the robot that he falls in love with. Evie. What's her, What's 
Evie. Eve, I can just Eve, imagine, yeah. like, in 10 years' time, a bunch of Evies just being the referee. And just, like, if someone, if someone is, like, arcs up and they say, like, that's a bullshit call. It's like, like, full-on fucking machine guns come out. It's like, <laughs> you will get a five-minute five penalty. <laughs> like, yellow card. Oh, God. Well, this was, this was actually a terrifying conversation I had with my Uber driver the other night. He just, like, bro, you know a robot taking over the world? Like, a 50-year-old Uber driver. And we're sitting in the car. I was on the way, actually on the way to the pub. And I was just, like, man, I'm just going to enjoy a few. I love a good chat about tech and robots, but I'm not having this right now. But I think it's actually a very possible thing in sport, but I don't think you can really get rid of the umpire or the referee. Mm. Like, definitely not. No, yeah, well, I, with, more, with more technologies, it's going to go to into different spaces. So, with the with the intro- introduction of the, like, the chip, for example, that will, not only does it, like, track the player, but also can track every, it will track everything they do, theoretically, right? So, like, all the amount of times they pass, like, in AFL, it will count all the times they will, it will count the miles they like the kilometers they run, but also how many disposals, how many times they touch the ball, kick the ball, handball the ball. Hmm. Would it? Would this be of assistance in our NFT uh, <laughs> video, our game? Uh, yeah, uh, uh, that's right. The game we played where we look at every single sport athlete in the world, give them a rating in terms of speed, strength, and whatnot, and then have them in, like, uh, what was it, beer pong? We, we decided beer pong or something, right? Beer yeah. pong, so, a, ty- a type of... A type of uh, a, a, it's sort of like a... Um, uh, are you, Barnsley, are you aware of a, like, a, like Z horse racing? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I pitched the boys an idea where it's like that, except, instead of horses, it's like, you know... Steph Curry and LeBron and uh and like LeBron James against you know two other celeb like celebrities playing <laughs> yeah. beer pong or beer die or something like that and it's so sort of like you could bet on the games and everything like that. That'd be awesome. Thank so so here as someone who's a gamer, basically what it is is like FIFA Ultimate Team, but for beer pong, and you can make some serious bank off it because it's all done through cryptocurrency. Oh yeah, yeah. I could Im- I can imagine you and some other boys that we both know getting fucking amongst <laughs> that really hard. No. Well, we have some beers. I'll ask well, one. Cool. I'll ask one question of Barnsley about this, and then we can move on from this topic because I know Sean loves it when I talk about crypto. No, no, I'm <laughs> saying I'm, I'm laughing about this because I told someone he's like, "Hey, have you heard of NFT horse racing?" I was like, "Yeah." Message Patty. That's all I said today. So Patty, you'll get a message later today, and it just happened to come up in the podcast a few hours later. Love it. I'm a big fan. So, of all the athletes and. Uh, Basically, any any type of sports person, who would you want to be in this digital beer pong game? Well, I think can it be past and present? Eddie Waddy, obviously. Eddie as, long, as long as we can reference stats, so it's just, it's going to be all based on basically statistics. We also didn't just do sport be- as well. We also said we could do like uh, novelty ones, where it's like Oprah Donald Trump Winfrey versus uh, Joe Biden. Yeah, Oprah Joe Biden Winfrey. came up. I think I have to go Donald to Trump. Trump. Michael Jordan, I think. Michael Jordan. We actually Michael, brought up yeah. Michael Jordan too, and we would say he would um he would be like um really high accuracy, high speed, but he would just like hog the ball, and so he wouldn't yeah. let the other player Ter- pass. Terrible so teammate. Everyone has you, you a just, pro and a con. You just see like a shoulder barge, like mm. when the next player steps up for their shot. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, one thing you mentioned earlier, Mitch, was like everything's around safety in like a lot of things are around safety, and technology is going to be great for that. But I, don't, I think this can go beyond, you know, sport that we see on TV because there's a lot of injuries that happen in club sport and school sport. I know, like, kids who have had cardiac arrest at school from, their playing, from them playing, like, school footy, and it's really sad what can happen. 
you know, if you don't know if you got a heart condition or whatnot, do you reckon it'd be ideal in the sport world to have something that can detect if your heart has some sort of an arrhythmia and if something's going to happen? That's just one example. There's so many ways to pre like determine injuries. This is something we could potentially like actually take offline and try and build, Sean. Is actually something mm. not to detect if you're going to have a heart attack. Like, that's a bit of a stretch. Like we don't want to test that on someone. But on a small scale, how to put this early detection of injuries in. Yeah, absolutely. I think that some of that technology does exist already. I think the sports bra that the NRL players do have already provides like biometric data, not biometric, um, I forgot the name of it, but it provides like heart rate. And so it can provide the coaches the idea like, yo, like three of the forwards are about to pass out. They're really tired. They've been overworked. Take them off. And you can see that data. So you don't even need to check, hey, how are you doing? You can say, look, you're going to come off in the next five minutes. Go, yep, sweet. I'll have two more runs and come off. That's already there, I'm pretty sure. But you're right. Like That should become more accessible to more people. A lot of that is just data and then being able to use the data, which is very doable. Um, but I think something that we should definitely bring into footy, and I think Barnsley can back me up on this, is just a sensor in the goddamn ball. So when you see a forward pass and the ref for some reason is like looking at the fucking sky... Everyone can see it. The 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 bunker can see it, and they're like, "No, nah, it's okay. Play on." Just being able to like, "No, forward pass. You can test it. You can detect it." Or when it's not a forward pass, and they call it, "Oh, I'm just furiated by this shit." Yeah. And this is what annoys me. They're already using it in soccer. They have NFC chips that use network receivers to get p- the precise ball's location in real time for like offsides. For did it actually go past the goal line? There's no reason we can't implement this in footy. Yeah, I think um, I was going to bring up another t- another thing as well, like similar to forward passes, is when um, they pass it and it's, it, it comes off an opposition's um, fingertips. Mm. Um, I was I was thinking, would there be any way to to do like a sort of heat map from when the the opposition touches it or anything? <laughs> like a snicker cam when it's cricket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Because you could probably detect like the ball spinning this way when it's left the hands, it's flying through, bit of wind, whatever. You can detect exactly where that ball should be going. And if it veers off path at any point, specifically when it goes past the hands, you could do it with a camera. You wouldn't even need a sensor. You can be like, that ball's been touched. Even if it moved like a centimeter off from its trajectory, you're like, yeah, no, it's that's it's been touched. There. You don't need to like um, wait for like shitty camera angles. You can just tell straight away. Mm. Oh, that's a, to save a lot of time as well. That sounds a lot better than like, I thought for some reason you'll need to like, fingerprint every single player and then be like okay this fingerprint has touched this ball that guy plays for this team opposition alright wait like, wait. Uh, so you're telling me that they're going to have this stop grab the ball do a full forensic sweep do like the powder no, shit on it goes it's a half fingerprint it's a crime scene touch the ball what do you, what do you mean just like barricade the whole field get all the players yeah. off uh, now all these get, dudes run out and get full the yellow white hazmat suits scene. No, um, you would do it beforehand, put it in the system, because what you basically describe it is a like a computerized ball that can detect mm. like it can take if it can detect heat, it can obviously detect detect mm. who has touched the ball and basically, you know, everyone's DNA is already in like they yeah. they know, in quotation marks, they know who mm. everyone is. So might as well like log it in the system. Yeah, know. potentially. But you're gonna have the covering tie like outside of the ball with sensors and put a computer inside it. Versus just a standard static chip. So this ball is going to be about three, four kilos, and you're not really going to see those long passes, <laughs> all those, all those like yeah. runaway tries. Is like, oh fuck, it's heavy. <laughs> <laughs> you, have, you have Turbo. He like drop, like 
just falls halfway down. It's like Turbo, you're the fastest guy. What happened? Yeah, he's going to look like he's running insane. I couldn't carry the ball all this way. My endurance ran out. <laughs> what about the streakers, boys? We're going to do for them. Like when they run on the field, a crown drops on their head. <laughs> I thought you were going to say put a like, put a speed map on them and be like, how fast did he run? It's also tracker on the on the um on the streaker. No, like we demand trackers on their dongs. That's what we do. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Oh, so what do you do for women's streakers then? <laughs> Seems a bit chilly in here. <laughs> what do you what do you do? For <laughs> What's the temperature? <laughs> oh god! Wait, what did you say, James? What do you do for female uh, uh, streakers then? I was no. going to say strippers for a sec. You don't want to know. It seems like it's very commonly male streakers. Besides that one time in the NFL where a lady was paid to do it, and she got like yeah. half a million dollars and front row seats, and then like a, an attorney to get her out of jail. Yeah, yeah the thing is with streakers. They're all male, and we and the thing is, I want to say that majority of the time it's either for financial gain or idiots. Unfortunately, the women have the great advantage of it's usually for financial gain. Mm. They're not dumb enough to run to the field. Exactly, naked. They're not dumb <laughs> enough to do it because is what's the uh, what's the penalty for streaking? It's like it's what's the fine and what's like how long's the ban? Oh, ban it's for jail life. time. It's it's jail time. I'm is it sure. jail time? Yeah, yeah. Because it's, there's it's kids. Oh, because it, it, countries and stuff. I think. Yeah, it oh. depends. Well, it depends what I feel like. It depends what the uh, what they do. If it's like if they get naked and go, like that's like that's like that's indecent exposure, public nudity, you know, a bunch of other stuff that could mm. you know put you on a that could put you on a pedo list. Yeah. So that's jail time. But I wouldn't think like you know it's like they're not really doing much. If you just go and like jump on the field with in like a, you know a footy in like a footy jersey and just run, like you're not really doing any harm. Uh, like oh, I'm pretty sure the God. guy that did streak in the state of origin. Like a few years back, a bit of a bit of a big bloke, um, and then he he ran to the field just as like Queensland were set to score, and eventually just stopped the game, and then they, I think they eventually won. Um, he's been banned for life, and he got like a thirty thousand dollar fine or something. I don't know if it's jail time, even though what he did was a crime against my eyes. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, I think it's just banned for life. Again, each sport has its own rules and regulation. It it kind of lies on that. But yeah, also the police force for each state and territory or country would apply their own rules too. So it's 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 arbitrary, that, that rule. Well, are stadiums public or private property? Technically private. Yeah, so I yeah. guess it'll fall on the stadium to kind of set the rule, wouldn't it? <laughs> if you flash yourself on a public versus private property, you're not like one's going to go to jail, Sorry. the other guy's going to be like, you're going to have to pay me money. Like, yeah. someone, like think, someone, I'm just thinking someone snipes. Like, you have like a sniper... Who goes on top of the stadium and like shoots someone in the head? It's just like, oh, is this on the stadium? It's private like, property. It private? It's okay. Don't worry about it. Move along. Oh, should have been. Should've, I'm gonna. We're gonna find the stadium owners. Put all the directors in jail because they didn't have any smarts to stop that from happening. Look, like on some properties you're not allowed a dog, and then other properties you are allowed a dog. That's I, all I'm saying. Is like there's different <laughs> rules for different properties. That that is a very big leap. Like, that's like my dog in the morning. A big stretch. Like I I don't think that's like. Like, there's a reason why there's cops at the football field, though, right? Because they're trying to stop, pub, like, intoxication. Even though it's private property, if you're intoxicated and you start a fight, the cops will arrest you. But they also have p- private security to stop you running into the field. So it depends on what you're going against. But, yeah, there's a lot of rules to it. But, yeah, uh, overall, uh, just don't streak. <laughs> Public or private. Let's just no, don't. That's the main point. No, so I just, I just Googled it, and it's uh, up to six months in jail and maximum fine of $1,100. Is that in Australia? Yeah. I've definitely seen bigger than that. 
Streaks. I mean, um, fines, not streaking. <laughs> uh, do you, bro? All right, boys. One thing I'm, I'm thinking about here is with this all this topic, there's so many project pitches that can come out of it. And Barnsley and Patty, don't think you're out of this yet. You guys are really the brains of this podcast to give us ideas. And me and Sean are kind of, Sean and I, I should say, are here to break it down and see what we can do with it, if we can make it real. During the time we've talked, has anything come to your mind that you're just like, this would be sick, that would be sick, that we could literally do in a weekend or maybe even up to wait a few months? Um, I think with the the, um, the tracker, with the in the mouth guard, um, like maybe collisions or how fast you're going, like, I don't know, like sort of not like being tackled with the mouth guard in that you mm. could make, but yeah, mm. something something like if you could sort of make the design for it and then test it, maybe not getting smashed, but <laughs> with something... What, you're not going to volunteer, Barnsley? <laughs> maybe hitting a wave. If anyone wants to run it straight at me, it's all right. But maybe like hitting a wave or James, you're up. Paddy, pack the scrum as, we always, as we've always done. Oh, I mean, you, you got lucky last time. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> We're in the snow. There was a bit of a disadvantage. Oh, it was slippery. It was slippery. It was wet. Yeah, right. It's all good. All right. But like, back on Barnsley's point, I think, he's, I think that, that idea is right. Um, making it into a mouth guard is a bit difficult because a mouth guard is quite small and we haven't really worked with micro microelectronics yet. I reckon, like, a substitute that we could do, however, is um, get that kind of chip that you use on your back that they, they put on the football's players' back and put it inside a headgear. And you can put it on the back of the headgear. You wouldn't notice it. Um, kids wouldn't notice it. You can just slap it on. And then you can just... What about the shoes? Yeah, I mean, you can't really detect... Oh, wait, wait. So you're going to kick them in the head <laughs> to detect concussions? <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, no, we're talking about the concussions. But, like, if you have it in the back of the head, and you could, you could still get that same kind of whack-back effect and you wouldn't know how fast they're chewing, I think that would be quite useful too, and it would be quite easy to build. Like, honestly, it's a little chip at the back, um, and, yeah, it would be bigger than the mouth guard, but it would be easier to mount on and to clip on and for kids to use. Because I think they're trying to make it um, mandatory to, to younger ages especially, and even older ages, you know, like you see more people wearing it nowadays, and you see them when they, when they do have the HIA um, and they fail or... Or pass it. They pass it. Sorry, they'll come back on with headgear. So, does headgear mm. actually actually help it, or or would it be better just to put that chip in for data? Mm. Mm. It's a good question. I mm. th- it would make diagnosis a lot easier as well, because like I got knocked out a few a few times as a kid playing footy, and the doctor was like, "Oh no, you'd be fine." Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, hey, hey, it was rightfully rightfully so. You don't have. I ran damage. sideways. Yeah. I ran. I ran sideways when I got chased and I got knocked out. Um, but the doctors half the time were just like, "Oh no, you'll be right, mate. Like, run it off." And I'm like, "I could have some serious brain damage if you have these chips." And they'd be like, "No, I can see the like acceleration went to this point. That's fucked up. Like, you need to go get a CT scan right now." Hmm. I feel like a lot of that happens in junior footy where the doctors like, "Nah, like it's fine. Like, hmm. you haven't done anything." I mean, Patty, look at you. You were. Broken toe for what was it? Ankle or toe for four weeks? Uh, fr- a fractured ankle. <laughs> yeah. Stuff like that just goes undiagnosed. Obviously, different example, but mm. scale up the seriousness of it. I think it would it would bring the purpose of of gear. You know, there's a lot of people that say gear does nothing and it's just for show and some and stuff. But I think it could be, you know, the the next step, mm. next step to safety. You know, like um, you see NRL players have a HIA, and then. The doctors, as Pres, as Pres said, are not sure of the severity of it, um, and they'll go out drinking that night, you know, as, as NRL players do, and 
and you don't know what's that, what that's going to do to their brain because... Oh, mate, they'll be doing more than sleep. drinking. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine no. that that's what that's doing to their brain after they've had that such collision. I might know? be out of the loop. I might have missed something, but, like, uh, can you explain what HIA is again? Yeah, Head so injury a, assessment. Okay. Yeah. All right. It'll be... It's like a test they'll do if if the doctor suspects that they have it. So they'll, they'll ask them to, um, I think, count to a certain number, uh, ask them questions about the, the field they're at and where they're playing, who they're playing, who they played last week. Mm. So it's all, all a test. To, if they pass it, they have about 15 minutes to pass it and then they'll go back on or if they fail, they'll stay off. Yeah, um, okay, cool. Yeah, the, the issue behind it is you can get a knock in the head and just get back up and keep playing, but you then get delayed onsets. This was really big with Steve Smith in the Ashes series. He got a really bad head knock by um, uh, Archer, like a really good bouncer in the up by the nose. Um, and like two days later, he was like, he would wake up dizzy in the middle of the night. And so that's kind of where you would be like, oh, something's not right here. And so like a combination of both the headgear and biometrics to, to be like, yeah, something's not okay that head knock that we thought was okay before, five minutes ago, no, nah, something's wrong, take him off. And that would be great because you wouldn't need to stop the game for you. You'd be like, no, no, number six, get off the field straight away. Mm. I got a bit of a project pitch um, that I've been thinking of. It's got nothing to do with like playing the actual sport or safety or anything. It's more of an entertainment gimmick. And I want to see what you guys think of it, right? So it involves VR and think of KO VR. So what it is is like a camera that has the point of view of a seat in the stadium and you can put a, he- a headset VR on as a viewer and view the game real time like 4D effects like going in those 4D cinemas. Probably not that extent, but just seeing it in the point of view and you could even scale that down to your friend's footy. It's like, I can't watch you play footy this weekend because you're playing in Queensland, but I can live stream into the VR that, you know, old mate Steve there, seven-year-old's going to be holding the camera and you just tune into it on the server. I think that would be really cool. If like, it's a seven-year-old named Steve, he's going to be recording his shoelaces. Straight up, you'd be like, wow, this is a great <laughs> boomer perspective. Be, wouldn't that idea be better to have the like uh, virtual reality from the point of view of a player playing the game? <laughs> yeah, I agree. Wearing a camera on his body. That'd be so cool. They no. do have the GoPros for the refs and stuff that you can see. Yeah. Mm. So I mean, you don't want to be from you don't want to be from the refs point of view though, let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, you just be dealing with a lot of shit all day, but it's like what, as a player, like you could just be like, you know, some uh, like some, like uh, you know, someone on the wing or anything, mm. something like that where it's like like they're in the game, but they're also like sometimes yeah. away from the. They're action. a winger, so they don't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not like, saying they don't do anything. However, like no, it's but like, like, what if it's like literally on the other side of the field, like they're doing nothing? Yeah, I mean the the problem is if you whack someone with a GoPro, it's not uh, it can be considered like a weapon if you hit someone like headbutt him with a <laughs> GoPro attached. Why don't you get the flying fox, the flying fox camera, and mount like a 360s camera, and that way, oh. um, because like oh. on your point, James, right? If you get like a guy on a random seat, you'd have thousands of cameras on each seat, right? Like or one for each seat. You're gonna pay for like five dollars and get a seat at the very fucking back and see still see nothing. Um, versus if you get like a 360 camera, everyone can plug into one camera. That camera just follows the top down, so you can look down like a bird's eye view. Mm. And even fly down there if you want. Nah, look, I want this point of view of the striker because I want to see where they, get, <laughs> how they get, how they get from their seat to the fucking field without being caught. Because I've always thought there's gonna be a point where someone sees what the hell is going on and goes. No, 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 you're not coming through. Like, they do it so, like... They're like ninjas, man. They're like fucking ninjas. Like, I don't know. Patty should have a good meme for that. Call them whoever, because they're a fucking ninja. <laughs> nah, call them Bruce Lee. 
the fucking jump and doing fly kicks everywhere. No, nah, I got a, the pitch I have is probably illegal. That's the problem. All your pitches are most of the time illegal. A lot of your pitches aren't legal. <laughs> no, nah, because I was thinking about it, and it was about the point of like the point about the headgear. Because I'm like, I used to wear a headgear back in the day, and I would still like it would still hurt like yeah all the time. So it was like the idea was how can we reinforce the headgear and actually make it. Um, I don't want to say indestructible. However, mm. I feel like indestructible for the head. Like a helmet kind of thing, like the NFL's helmet. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, like the NFL, like like the the point with the NFL is like, have you guys seen that movie Concussion? I have not. No, I've not, sorry. No, but, but basically it was about a study that this doctor did, a doctor, uh, Bennett um, um, Malu, and he just did it, and he like, did autopsies on a bunch of... Uh, NFL players and found like they were like basically they died of concussions or they died of some type yeah. of brain tumor or brain functionality, mm. which then led to a lot of studies and kind of preventing concussions and brain yeah and damage to the brain in the, in, the yeah. ga- in the in the game. But the thing is with the he- you don't want a helmet because the he- if someone puts a helmet on you think that you're indestructible. So you see in NFL players they're charging it at each other full speed, just knocking mm. heads in like like a Rams or something like that. Mm. So. With with the headgear, I was thinking like a thin layer, very thin layer of steel. <sighs> Ouch. Um, okay, uh, so we, we did this in a physics experiment in, in, high, in yeah. university of why you put on like the tow bar of your car. Because what they realized was if you drove your car without a tow bar and like you say, you hit a... Uh, a koala or a kangaroo, as as sad that as that would be, it yeah. would hit the car Jeez, and the force would go into the engine, because the engine has an elastic zone. Um, to reduce that, you make a non-elastic zone like the tow bar, where if you hit it, it doesn't bend, and so all the force goes through it into the chassis, not into the engine block. So it doesn't actually break the car. Um, if you put in a steel plate inside the helmet, that would be like putting in a tow bar inside a helmet. It would it would ideally potentially kill the players. You would want something that would slow down the impact, like a rubber hammer, where it has the same amount of force, but it's spread over a longer time, and that will reduce it. I mean... Yeah. I was going to say, this is why so many people died in battle in the, mm. middle, in the Middle Ages, like when they used to wear like steel helmets and stuff. People were like, oh, you know, like they had so much protection on them. How did they get stabbed? It's like they didn't get stabbed. They got a knock to the head, yeah. and they died from that because they snapped their neck. Yeah. Like, Some of the most effective weapons They would weapons fight for 12 hours. Yeah, oh, I forgot about the neck. Yeah, but the other thing that um, <laughs> that you talk about is um, building something that's indestructible doesn't make you indestructible. You're still a fleshy bag of blood inside, and so you watch Iron Man where he's in a suit of armor and he gets thrown against the wall. He's dead. Like that's it. It doesn't matter if the suit's not damaged. Inside is like it's like saying if you're in an elevator and it hits the floor at 100 kilometers an hour, you'll be safe because you're surrounded by metal. It's the exact same argument. You're dead. You're gonna splat on the bottom of that elevator. And Iron Man's gonna Tony Stark's gonna be splattered inside his own suit. We should add. We should actually do like a make an animation of like a real like situation. Iron Man's like he flies to space and like his his armor's still there, but inside is just a pool of blood. Hmm. It's just this blood yeah. pool suit. Yeah, it would be like a fucking blender. Like like that's where the laws of physics kind of break. The idea of flying with metal suits that's fine. Anytime you have an impact, dead straight up. It, suit or no suit, it'd be like he being hit by a train. And that's why it's never going to happen. But yeah. yeah, like, I mean, there's been a lot about team sports and stuff. And I've just noticed during, like, 
these discussions that we've actually talked a lot in the past about ski helmets and smart ski helmets. So this is like a really evolving technology, not just for team sports, but for any sport in general, whether it's like boxing, surfing, skiing, snowboarding. Barnsley, as someone who's obviously likes sports and not just team sports, is there any sports you can think of that you'd want to see this evolution in as well? Um, well, obviously boxing. Um, I was thinking <laughs> that as well. Like Straight to the bludgeoning. Yeah, like well, in the in the UFC, they they do bear, you know, like they have no helmets or, or gloves or anything, and but boxing has the has the helmets that cover your little bit of your face and your head. Mm. So I think um, technology could go in there. I don't know if it already has. I'm not really sure, but um, yeah, that's that's a sport I could relate it to. Like, and I just want to say that um, I'm all, I'm all for safety and stuff, but you do you do sign up to play a tough game when you want to play on a row, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would just be good for data and and to reduce the risk, you know. But but they sign up to you know get smashed pretty much. I think um, it's one of the one of the toughest sports in the world, in my opinion. And um, yeah, like you don't you're not soft if you play it or anything. But I think a, a technology um, revamp is is needed for HIAs. Hmm. Um, seeing the way that they have um, publicly announced their their care for it and their and changing the rules and Doing new protocols, I think it would be huge in, in the headgear and the mouthguard aspect, whatever. Mm. Yeah, rate that highly. Mm. Mm. I want to see some new technologies in curling. <laughs> you could. You could easily put it inside the ball and you'd be like, oh, that's a beautiful pass there. Oh, what a mm. beautiful slide. Great speed, sweeps. No, no, no. Oh, I, don't, I don't want yeah, it in the curling. Feel- I want it in the brooms. They sweep in front of it. Like, I was like, 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 uh, like, uh, you know, Mr. Smith's uh, sweeps per second. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You could have like a fantasy football, but it's curling. Yeah. The most exciting sport in the world. hundred <laughs> oh, percent. Like basically a bunch of dads on holiday. Mm. Something that's been talked about a lot is the data collection and data availability. So not just injury related or safety related or whatever. Do you think from actually putting this sort of technology in, we'll actually scientifically learn more about the sport than we do? Like, things we didn't know we'd ever find out because you're actually finding things out from a player's point of view and you don't just have subjective data now you actually have like you said before black and white data you're actually now able to quantify it and to me as someone who likes numbers <laughs> it's uh something i find quite amazing mm. what about you boys yeah i can think of um a couple of times where i've seen hia and a player go off and he looked absolutely out of it and that he's back on in the next 15 minutes and we and all we know is that he passed. You know, I want I want a bit more information, and and as I'll say again, black and white sort of thing. So to get that data and have an understanding, is, and not not being confused about this guy looked out of it, like knocked out, now he's back, and then someone who didn't get hit that hard has it, um, is out. You know, and and can come back to the ex- exploitation of the rules in the game by coaches and stuff. But I think the data would help that, and maybe even help you know overcome it. Um, a little bit Mm. think of the stats involved in this now Sean if we had the data available it's just like we found that players on average who scored the most amount of field goals had more like success rates in higher tackles and it's just like oh no he scores more field goals because he makes more tackles in game and it's just like it's a whole fucking stats argument now in the wide world of sport. <laughs> well, actually, I knew someone. So my dad's my dad knew a guy, and he actually did sport analytics. And it was like, yo, yo, this guy, he's going to break his leg in game seven to game 12 of next season. And they're like, what? 
and he broke it in game six. Like, a, a bit off, but they predicted a break in his leg, and they knew exactly which leg it was going to be, too, because they realized which leg he stepped on the most and which one was most vulnerable and how likely he was to get... So the idea of using stats for future game development is incredible. You look at Sportsbet and how many times, like how many markets they have nowadays on weird things. Again, they've done the numbers on them. They have mathematicians or people who go around and look at the data and say, yeah, that person's likely to do this or not likely to do that and make betting ads on that. And so like, yeah, you're right. You can already use that data. That's quite fairly accessible, I thought, um, to... To, to guess how games were played. Yeah, there's a lot of things you can use for it. No, absolutely. Well, fellas, I think this has been an excellent chat. Mm. Um, I've definitely learned a lot on the way. You've looked up some crazy good things, and I've learned about the HIA thing, Barnsley. That's really cool. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd be keen to make something that would simulate that, eh? Mm. I'm keen to see the, um, the streaker technology that Paddy's going to come up with. Are you, again, are you volunteering <laughs> for shall, our project, I shall Bonzi. personally <laughs> doing the research. <laughs> Like, let's see how many people I can step. <laughs> step one. three security guards. Yeah, exactly. I'm That's not going to get past one, let's be honest. With, with the ankles I have. With your, you, with your busted ankle, Matt, you're not stepping anybody. You're not getting over the fence, I'll be honest. <laughs> oh, no, I'll get over the fence, and as soon as, like, it's like, uh, as, soon as I step down, I'll just be side-tackled. Yeah, exactly. Big security card coming out of nowhere. All right, boys, it, it's been definitely pretty good. Mitch, thanks for joining us. Thanks really so much, happy to have you on. Cheers, guys. Thanks for having me. Cheers, Barnsley. See everybody. Thanks for listening to the podcast. To clarify, the punishment for pitch invading or streaking is a max $5,500 fine, plus 12-month ban on the premises and possible jail time. Stay safe, stay clothed, and stay in your seat. Have a good one.